Howdy, I'm John. I'm Richard. And this is Bronze and Modern Gods, your podcast for the Bronze and Modern Age of Comics and the Copper Age and the Silver Age and the Golden Age. Yeah, basically comics in general. No Platinum Age here. We can guarantee you that. <laughs> yeah. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bronze and Modern Gods. If you have not already, please hit like, please hit subscribe. YouTube stuff, algorithm, algorithm, you know the deal. Hey, we've got all our features this week. Everyone's favorite topic, viewer mail, underrated books of the week. The old fart rule, two weeks in a row. Hey, bonus. And of course, our hot book of the week, Richard. Richard, 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 Richard. Richard. <laughs> Our hot book this week is, of course, Ultimate Fallout number four, the first appearance of Miles Morales. Man, do you, I need, do you need a cigarette after saying that? <laughs> I have so been waiting for this week. Uh, unfortunately, I have not been able to see the new movie. The new Spider-Verse movie came out this week. Uh, I am going to see it tonight. I have a ticket for 9.50. So after we finish recording, I'm going to go out and, and uh, see the movie. My son saw it yesterday. He refuses to spoil it for me. I appreciate that. But he says it was the best movie he's seen this year. Um, our mutual friend Evan has seen it and said it was excellent. The Rotten Tomatoes score for it in the high 90s. So I'm, I'm, I'm psyched. I'm really psyched for the movie. And I'm psyched for the fact that it's the first of two movies. There is another movie, uh, the second part of this uh, storyline is coming out next year. So I hear this movie ends with a cliffhanger. So if you guys mm -hmm. watch the movie, be prepared for it to end abruptly. <laughs> That's right. I bet you're even more excited at this article that I'm showing on the screen now from Variety earlier this week, where uh, producer Amy Pascal says, there's a Spider-Woman movie in the works mm -hmm. and a live action Miles Morales movie. She says, yeah. you'll see all of it. It's all happening. That is amazing. I, 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 you know, it's, it's not surprising at all, given that the first Spider-Verse movie was so successful. If this one is, is as successful and then the third one, it's, it's, a, it's a sealed deal on live action. Um, speaking of the book itself, Ultimate Fallout 4, uh, it had a peak back in 2022 of $2,631. Is that right, John? That's what it says in GPA. Yeah. Okay. I, I distinctly I remember. It was it in 4,000 or something? Yeah. I distinctly I remember an eBay sale for $4,000 back in, back earlier in 2020. Um, well, that was, the, that was the average. This is okay. the average I have in here. Not, not peaks. Not the peaks. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. The last sale uh, just recently was for 1950. It's been, it was, had gone down uh, significantly and uh, it's, it's taking a peak because of the movie. And I think because of the fact that the movie is a cliffhanger and there's going to be unresolved tension uh, until the next movie comes out, I think we're going to see some buoyancy in the, in the value of this book uh, up until the next movie comes out. If this movie is, is going to be as successful as uh so far it's proven to be people are are just starred for a good marvel movie uh i you know the mcu has had some tepid move movies in terms of their acceptance and i think if this is um wildly successful it's really going to to buoy up marvel morales uh, books in general 
you you leave the eternals alone gosh darn <laughs> yeah i'm sorry sorry mm-hmm. that's a, that's a good but uh, yeah. when, when's the hercules movie sorry <laughs> so yeah if, if you haven't had an opportunity to see the movie go out and see it uh support support sony and its efforts uh my son also said there's a video game coming out this uh a number two for miles morales you know so the miles morales uh hype train is continuing yeah the video game spider-man 2 is the one that had the uh the free comic book with both peter parker and miles morales on the on the front because it's they meet in the game spider-man 2 and that was the one that was limited to 20 copies to certain stores and uh immediately was selling for 20 30 bucks even though it was a free comic book and i had my lcs had a stack of them sitting on the counter and i poo-pooed it and walked on past (laughs) uh well you learn your lessons story of my life well before we get started we have a, a little feature we are trying out the last few weeks we'll keep it going uh, it's a little show and tell. I've got something, one book this week, Richard. Do you have anything or is it just my uh, book? Just your book. My 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 show and tell hasn't shown up yet. So I'm waiting for Heritage to deliver it. I oh my gosh, you bought from Heritage. <laughs> wait till you see. I'm not gonna spoil it. I'll just wait till you see. Massive hypocrite you. I love it. <laughs> I can respect that. Uh I teased this last week. It I missed it uh, when the postal uh, officer came by my door. Uh, it needed a signature, and I had to go to the post office to pick it up earlier this week. And it is. I'm looking at it because it's so pretty. I guess I should show you guys. Please. It is astonishing. Whoops. Number five. Featuring. I'm a player there. Yeah. Featuring Marvel Boy. You can see Marvel Boy there. Yeah, that's good. His, his little blue hot pants. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marvel Boy, as you guys know, becomes uh, sort of becomes Quasar. The quantum bands that he has uh, are passed down to Wendell Vaughn. But this was Marvel Boy for issues one and two. And then with issue three, it turned into a title called Astonishing, but still featured all Marvel Boy stories. I'm not sure why the title change was necessary because it was still a Marvel Boy comic. But by issue five and six, uh, more science fiction and horror stories started creeping in the back. And then by issue seven, Marvel Boy was out and uh, it became uh, another pre-code horror book. But uh, is nice. It's a 4.0. It is off white to white pages. Uh, the main defect is this rusty staple down here uh-huh. at the bottom. If it wasn't for that rusty staple, I think it would be more of a 5.0, maybe a 5.5. The back cover looks great. Oh, wow. Yeah. Athlete's foot. <laughs> it's amazing the advertisements the back covers had over the years. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm really happy. I'm down to just needing, I think, issue six of uh, issue four. I need okay. issue four of Astonishing. And then I'm done with my Marvel Boy run. I do need a nicer Marvel Boy number one, but I ain't breaking the bank for that right now. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I know I'm buying a lot lately, everybody, but I'm being good. I'm making deals. I'm trading stuff. I'm, I'm not paying sticker price. Yeah. So. Well, you know, up, you'll upgrade your Marvel boy. Number one, as time goes on, you don't want to do it all at once. It kind of spoils the fun. I know. Uh, and we have lots of conventions coming up that you and I will be at, including yep. uh, Neo comic con, July 30th, plug, plug, plug. Uh, so let's move on to everyone's favorite segment, yours and mine. 
Viewer mail. You've got mail. My first piece of viewer mail comes to our email address at bronzeandmoderngods at gmail.com from Alan Carr, who is a frequent uh, friend of the show and commenter. Good evening, gentlemen. Forgot to ask, but of general interest and perhaps a thing we should all know, but how do CGC grade the serrated page bottom editions of Charlton Comics? Uh, what that is, is their Charlton Comics, um, notoriously poor printing practices. They had a serrated edge on it for a while there. So when the book got cut at the bottom, it actually has a jagged serrated edge. I've seen quite a few in decent condition, but it looks like pinking shears were the only tool of choice at the printers. <laughs> shears from our friend, uh, the gold key four color kid down under Alan Carr. Thanks, Alan. Yeah. Um, all these production defects on Charlton books are taken into account by CGC when they grade it. If it is a known production defect and it affects a certain number of books and months within the run, they don't count against it. I've had books with just actually not even just Charlton books. Transformers number one from Marvel is another example. The back cover edge on most copies is really uh, crumbly and serrated because the blade was really dull. Oh, wow. I've, had, I've had two or three 9.8s of my Transformers number one come <clears throat> with that back cover. Why, do you have one? I see you looking. Yeah, I, I have one. It's not up on the wall right now, but I'll have to take a look at it just to see. Yeah, you know, I was a little worried when I sent it in. Uh, and at first I thought it was trimmed. I thought, you know, I'm not going to send this in. It's restored. And I did some Googling and, and sure enough, it's a known issue. So I sent it in. Sure enough, came back a, a 9.8 and I sold it for like $3,000 in 2022. Good man. I have no love for Transformers. So that was one of my big wins. I I, I, I don't either. I bought one really cheap, but it, it was cheap because the case was cracked. Mm. And I think I paid 400 for it. Ooh. I, I just haven't gotten it since sent in to be re-slabbed. So oh, it wow. sits there in my box next to my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one that also has a crack case that I need to get re-slabbed. So. Uh, while we're talking about Charlton books and their notoriously shoddy printing, our friend Charlton66, who should know with a name like that, he also wrote and tell us that the legend I mentioned about Charlton's infamous printing press also being used to print cereal boxes Apparently, it's untrue. A little bit of an urban legend. I'm not sure, but Charlton66 said uh, it is an urban myth, and he sent us this quote I'm going to put on the screen now from uh, the Charlton Companion, published by Tomorrow's Publications, who I love their stuff, Jack Kirby Collector, back issue, all sorts of uh, different books. And it says, nope, that's a negative, people. Finding zero evidence to support the rumor that Charlton Press did not print cereal boxes. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. It should be, I'm finding zero evidence to support the rumor, period. Charlton Press did not print cereal boxes, though as it was, they often did a poor enough job printing their own magazines and comics. The debate continues. Uh, you know, I I grew up knowing, and I'm putting knowing this in quote air quotes, that this was a known thing that Charlton's printing press was used to print boxes and packaging, but um, according to this Charlton Companion, which I need to buy, I'm sure I would devour this book. It's huh. not true. Oh, maybe Christmas is coming up, John. Oh, uh, uh, well, don't buy me a book. I buy it digitally for me. I read it on the iPad at night. Yeah. <laughs> <I totally understand. laughs> 
I'm assuming you're buying it for me. Do you like that? How I just went right into that. What's your first piece of your mail? My first piece is from Jeff Booth, who also wrote us at Browns and Modern Gods at gmail.com. Uh, and you sent this to me uh, just uh, just uh, when, when, when Jeff wrote it. Um, Richard, I assume you have seen these already, but just wanted to make sure they are on your radar with all the talk about corner boxes in the last couple of your shows. I kind of wish they looked a little more like more, a little more old school, but I think this one is still pretty cool. And uh, so he sent a link to a previews world um, catalog entry. And if you we clicked on it and John, if you can show the, uh, the image and it's, it is a, looks like a corner box. It's a kind of a modern interpretation of the corner box with the, with the figure and the, and the, the price box at the bottom. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, it does, I, I'm, I'm with him though. It doesn't make any sense. She's standing over the uh, the trade dress. The yeah, yeah well, you know we're being picky now. <laughs> I'll buy. I'll buy it. I'm you know to me it's you know like like our friend Forrest who collects uh, tennis uh, covers. I, I collect corner box covers. So if if they're going to put, do a corner box like uh, like this, I will happily pick one up. Jeff, I'm with you. I'm not a fan. All right, my <laughs> next piece of your mail is from uh jim uh and he also emailed us at bronze modern gods at gmail.com hi guys love your show thank you jim thank it you. is by far the best comic cast i watch on ye oldie youtube <laughs> i am also an old fart so it's right up my alley i too love me some quasar jim we're best friends now bye richard <laughs> I got this card signed in person back in 91 or 92, and I've had it sitting around ever since. Oh, wow. CGC started grading Marvel cards. I sent this off to be graded. Didn't care what it came back as, just wanted it graded. I figured John might be the only other person on the planet that might enjoy this as much as I do. Here is a link to the card pictures on the CGC trading card census. I won't tell you exactly what it is so that it will be a surprise. Population count, one of one, baby. Wow. You Keep up the great work, Jim. I clicked on this link and disappeared. <gasps> that it's is a Mark Grunewald autograph <laughs> trading card. That As is you so can cool. see, it's got a drawing of Mark Grunewald in a combination Quasar and Captain America costume because those were the two books he was very passionate about and wrote for years. My favorite part of this, besides the signature on the back, is the angry mob chasing him with torches and... <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay i'm confused so this is signed that's no it's, it's not uh I, even though jim says he got it signed maybe he got it signed another one but these did come signed oh gotcha so okay that's why it, it doesn't have a yellow or a sorry a green qualified label i believe jim tell me if i'm barking up the wrong tree gotcha richard your next piece of your mail is from richard yes it is richard only uh, just a tip I learned not long ago, if you submit to CGC uh, signature signing events, you can put a note on the book and the artist will uh, and tell the artist what color ink you want. Hmm. They usually have at least 10 different colored pens with them. Always ask uh, for paint pen looks. Um, sorry, always ask for paint pen. It looks much better than Sharpie uh, ink pens. Um, yeah, th th this is this is a great, great tip. I I would recommend you know when you send a book into a signature show you put the book in this in a specially modified um, 
bag and board where you cut out the area where you want them to sign and you put tape around the edge to protect that area on that tape around where you cut out make sure you mark on there the type of ink that you want them to use the type of pen as well as arrows to point to where they uh, want to sign it don't rely on a sticky note or something like that these guys are churning hundreds of books through as they're doing this so the more upfront and clear you can make where you want and how you want it um, the better also some artists like clayton crane uh, will charge a, a surcharge for multicolored signatures so if you ask Clayton to do a multicolored signature, you may be charged more money for that. So just be prepared for it. But it's a great tip. Um, you know, it, it, you don't have to accept the black Sharpie marker that they use. Most of these uh, signers have available to them other colored pens and, you know, request something that better matches the color scheme of the cover. Cool tip. You ruined my joke. Why? <laughs> I was going to say you could also request they sign it in rainbow multicolor uh, paint pen and leave a note sign here rainbow color paint pen do not take my wife. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, so we're going for never having Clayton on the show. Is that is that the would you want it? <laughs> oh. Well, you know what? It'd be, it would be an interesting conversation. I just don't think it would go the way. Um, Probably might. Uh, uh, hey, our email at bronzemonorgods at gmail.com is packed. This one's from David, a.k.a. Everyday A Story Collects on Instagram. Hi, team. Love the show. Long-term fan. Following this week's video with the discussion on the Secret Wars number 8 Mark Jewelers variant, I found myself collecting UK price variants and double covers along cool. with direct and newsstand editions. As a result, I'm holding high-graded copies in all forms. Have either of you gone down this type of variant completionist rabbit holes outside of Richard's Miles Morales <laughs> Ultimate Fallout 4 number 4 collection? Signed, David Powell, a.k.a. Everyday A Story Collects on Instagram. David, yes, I certainly have. I've talked about this on the show in the past. I haven't talked about it in a while, a few months, so we lots of new viewers, so they probably don't know. But I am on a quest to get every variant of Captain America issue 212. Right. For those of you who don't know, this is Captain America issue 212 by Jack King Kirby. This is the regular version. It's a 9.4, 30-cent cover. Nice. Not too shabby. Right? But we also have a Mark Jewelers variant. See at the top there, a little Mark Jewelers variant note. It's a 5.5 white pager. I didn't, you know, chase a, I haven't found many of them, so I grab it when I could. And then I have the UK Pence edition that I got in the UK, strangely enough. Came back a 9.0 white pager. And I couldn't find it. It's somewhere, it wasn't where it was supposed to be, but I also have the Whitman variant of this book. I don't have it slabbed. That may be why I couldn't find it. So I'm missing two still. I'm missing the 35 cent variant uh -huh. that's out there. Very scarce. And even scarcer, the 35 cent variant that is missing the Marvel Comics group across the top yellow banner there where the black plate fell off for part of the print run. Very expensive. There's one on eBay now, I think, for $2,500. Uh -huh. uh, so that would be a total of six different versions of this cover 
from 1977. Yeah, 1977, when variants weren't even a thing. There are six variants of Captain America 212, and I'm slowly working my way through them. How about you? Uh, well, first of all, I want to correct. It is not a Miles Mer- or Ultimate Fallout 4 number four obsession. I collected every variation of every book in the six series, six issue run of Ultimate Fallout. The newsstands, the directs, um, the one in 25 variants. I have them all. Yeah, so, so you're saying it's even worse. It's even worse. It's okay. even worse. Uh, but no, I, you know, I, 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 I have not, I have not gone for collecting, for example, um, newsstands exclusively or Mark Jewelers. I just don't find enough Mark Jewelers to make it, you know, they're kind of like a unicorn from what I, I come across. But uh, there are, there are books that, you know, there are series I collect all variants of, um, but no, I, I have not collected it in, in that, but I, I, I really am, I'm impressed by your ability to, to do that. If you have anyone else has um, a specific niche that they like to collect, let us know. I'd, I'd love to see, I love to see how people approach the hobby uh, and how many different ways people, people find value in the hobby. I think that's really cool. Well, I think this one's very different because uh, it was a book I was reading as a kid. That was my favorite comic, my favorite character, my favorite artist. Uh, one of my favorite covers, it was all, you know, it all just converged. And just the fact that this issue in particular has six different variants uh, struck me as strange and appealing. And I thought, I must have them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you must. Um, still working on that 35 cent variant. And I passed a bunch of those up on eBay because they just are so expensive. And people don't want to give up those 35 cent variants if they have them in your collection. Uh, what is your last piece of your mail? My last piece is from Lee Niren. I have almost all of the Incredible Hulk books uh, from the 1980s through 1990. I never noticed the transformation in that corner box. I was talking about the transformation from Hulk 292 through 300. In the corner box, he goes from basically Professor Hulk all the way to Savage Hulk uh, over those nine issues. And it's a pretty cool trans. Uh, uh, transformation. I went and dug out the books and it is really cool to see in person. It reminds me of those flip cartoons that one used to get as a book uh, where you would flip the page and make each page move, forming a mini cartoon. I remember those. Thank you so much, guys, for showing this. It's uh, this. It's something that I just never realized and I can show my son. I think he's going to get a kick out of it. Yeah, I, I love those kinds of Easter eggs, those things that um, they never they never really announce. They just happen. Um, so if anybody else has any cool corner box stories or anything to share, I'd love to, to hear them. They're definitely something I have interest in, and I'd love to share uh, the discoveries with the rest of our viewers. It's funny you say that, Richard, because we did get another example of a cool corner box from our buddy Mike Durst, who sent us this from... Uh, I can't remember what issue of Amazing Spider-Man, but it's in the middle of the Hobgoblin saga. Mm-hmm. And there is the Hobgoblin saying, it's great. Steal it. Oh, I forgot about that one. That is so awesome. <laughs> uh, I went, I always wonder when you see something that says steal this book or whatever, how much trouble do the retailers get uh, into because of that? That Abby Hoffman inspiration, you know, that Abby Hoffman wrote that book, uh, Steal This Book. Uh, he was uh, 
you know, a famous yippie in the mm-hmm. 60s, which reminds me of my favorite, favorite Norm MacDonald joke from Weekend Update of all time. Yippee, Abby Hoffman died this week. Oh, I'm sorry. That should read Yippee, Abby Hoffman died. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, that, that Hobgoblin corner box came out in 1983. Yes, it did. You know what else came out in 1983? The book that's being featured in the old fart rule. Yes. <laughs> Come on, Segway. What you got? That was not bad. You know, this week, uh, you know, I apologize for the, the uh, I'm, I'm old and therefore I forgot we had an old fart rule last week. Um, so I did the show notes and I added the one, uh, another one for this week. And it is, it is going to complain. It's Marvel age. Number one from 1983 Marvel age. Number one came out in 1983. Um, for those who don't know, Marvel age is, um, Marvel's house organ publication. It promoted and announced upcoming books. Um, it was one of those books, you know, it was a 25 cent cover price on it originally. And it was one of those books. I, I don't ever remember paying for, but I always got. Um, it was always one of the books I, I got. Did I read it all the time? No, I did not. But there were certain issues that I did read, um, especially for featured characters that I like, like the X-Men. And it was a, a uh, I don't want to say perennial favorite, but it was a perennial purchase. So every time it came out, I had it. So uh, to, to think that 1983 has been 40 years since Marvel Age number one came out, that is scary. Um, Marvel is celebrating uh, the thousandth issue of Marvel Age. I, I, and John and I were talking, we don't, we don't believe there are actually a thousand issues of this published. No. Uh, this, they're, they're doing their, let's make the number the number that we want it to be. Um, so in August of this year, the thousands issue is coming out. Uh, it's going to have a special Marvel stamp number 1000. Again, I don't think there are a thousand. I did find out there are several different series of Marvel value stamps. Uh, the latest ones were in 2017, but there are more than just the ones that came out in the seventies, which I thought, uh, I, I didn't know. Issue number one talked about uh, sagas, the saga of Christar. Do you remember <laughs> Christar, John? Christar, Crystal Warrior. Oh, okay. I I always pronounce it Christar. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, that was Marvel's attempt uh, at at reverse engineering a toy line. Uh, so instead of like you know Hasbro or some or someone coming or Mego or whatever coming to them to create a toy line for them, Marvel said we're going to create a toy line comic book uh, kind of background Bible and everything, and then go after a toy company to do it. So we can keep the majority is licensing in reverse basically. Right. And they did it with Remco, I believe. Uh, and you can see it was a huge success because kids are still playing with Chris star toys to this day. Oh my goodness. I, I, I didn't look up how many issues that, this series went, but it couldn't have gone very many. <laughs> 12 issues, I think. Of Chris 12 Star. issues? Oh, it's terrible. Um, oh, Marvel Age. It uh, ran for 40 issues originally. It, it it got canceled in 1994, you know, when the, the comic dip happened. Oh, I didn't know that. It was yeah. not something that I read. Uh, there are a number of uh, Marvel Age issues that have some value. Issue number 12 has the preview of Spider-Man's black suit. Issue number 41 has a Stanley cover. Uh, which people love to get Stan to sign. 
Um, number issue number one goes from eBay from five to ten dollars. Just one of those uh, dollar bin things. But if you if you grew up in the eighties and you collected comics, I can almost guarantee you someplace it's somewhere in your collection there are there is a Marvel Age book languishing in the corner. Um, and this is the beginning of it all. And I, 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 I want to, I don't have one in my collection. I do want to per pick one up just so that I can read through it and uh, have that nostalgia feeling. If you want to have some fun digging through Marvel age back issues, uh, get issue 139, the second to last issue, because, uh, it's promoting Batman and Punisher crossover and Batman's on the cover of Marvel age. I'd always thought that, that is, was funny. That is cool. Uh, I can't think off the top of my head, but I imagine when they did the Amalgam universe that they had to have DC uh, characters on the cover of Marvel Age as well. I don't know. You guys tell me. Uh, but a good one. Marvel Age um, kind of almost killed fanzines. Yeah. And I say that, yeah. Because Comic Reader, I remember it being a big controversy that when Marvel decided to publish their own fan publication with Marvel Age, that they stopped cooperating with some of the big fanzines like uh comics journal amazing heroes comic reader and it really kind of hurt uh comic reader the most and they i don't think they last for another year after marvel age came out so uh, you know not the best legacy but it's a legacy moving on to our underrated books of the week i can start richard okay my underrated book this week is a little gem called marvel superheroes number 14 ever see this no I, I can't say that i have this is uh it used to be fantasy masterpieces and then with issue 12 it turned into a tryout book um with you know a different tryout superhero uh mm -hmm. captain marvel was the first for the first two issues and then this third issue of marvel superheroes number 14 features spider-man as you can see there on the cover it's written by stan lee but what's cool is it's drawn by ross andrew and this started off as a fill-in story for Amazing Spider-Man. John Romita, the regular artist, had injured his wrist. And so he thought he was going to miss the deadline for the next issue. So Stan threw the plot over to Ross Andrew and Bill Everett. They whipped up this issue. But then John Romita's wrist healed in time, and he was able to draw the book without missing a beat. So they just burned off the inventory and Marvel superheroes. Uh, what's interesting about this book, it's the first time Ross Andrew drew a Spider-Man story. And as we all know, he drew Spider-Man for most of the 70s, starting with Marvel Team-Up, then moving over to the main title. He also, as a little bonus in that book, he gets some Golden Age, Submariner, Captain America, and Human Torch reprints, along with a reprint of the Mercury story from Red Raven Comics number one. Do you know what Red Raven Comics number one is? I knew you were going to ask me, and I know I don't. <laughs> early, early, timely, 1940. It was uh, the first book that Joe Simon and Jack Kirby packaged for Timely. They put it all together, but it was a one-shot. It lasted one issue. It's a lot of Jack Kirby art. And then, of course, the next book they packaged was a little book called Captain America Comics that did okay. Mm -hmm. Uh but the Red Raven comics is very, I think it's only been reprinted once in full in an, uh, in Simon and Kirby omnibus. So to get this Mercury story from it was really a nice bonus. This book has had one 9.8 sale ever. 
and that was back in 2013 for $680. Wow. Do you know why there might be only one 9.8 sale, Richard? <laughs> no, why? Squarebound book from 1968, black cover all around. It is tough. Uh, the 12 month average for a 9.4, a little more attainable, is $476. But we've seen a recent sale, which I'm going to guess is an outlier, for $228. This is a Spider Man book from 1968. Squarebound, black cover. Why is it not a thousand dollar book? Yeah, that's a good question. Now, 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 this Marvel superheroes is it the same Marvel superhero series as um, superheroes number twenty that uh, uh, my Doctor Doom book back here is? A part yes, of that? yeah, the, okay. it was the trial book. So it was a yeah. different. So you Doctor Doom was issue twenty exactly. Yeah, uh, Black, Black Knight, Medusa, Kazar. Every issue had a different feature. And you're right. These square these square books are notoriously difficult. They get in high grade because they, they get smushed, uh, they get damaged to the spine. Um, so I'm I'm not surprised that I think of of this book, there are only three nine point eights. So it is a difficult book to get in high grade. Yeah. So Marvel Superheroes 14, just kind of a cool Spider-Man oddity for you people doing a Spider-Man run. Uh, don't leave this one out. What? Speaking of Spider-Man, I'm shocked at your underrated book this week, Richard. You yes. throw me for a loop. I know. I, I go outside my comfort zone, as I often do. Uh, my pick this week is Miles Morales, number 15 from 2020. This book is... Um, has a on the co cover you see uh it is a little indicator that says strange academy preview and it's a preview story uh backup story uh that features the the characters from strange academy this came out the month before came out in february versus march for when strange academy number one came out uh so is this the first appearance of uh, strange academy it's it's not the full team but it's it's a majority i it's one of those things that the market has to decide upon. Um, um, the reason why I picked this book, of course, is because this is Miles Mania week where we have uh, the Spider-Verse movie coming out. But also in August, Marvel is going to be releasing a new book called Strange Academy, Miles Morales, uh, number one. And we're going to have a book that features Miles and the Straight Strange Academy. Uh, I don't want to call it the team group. Uh, so it's 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 a nice tie-in between the two franchises, and this this is the first appearance of uh, of the of the um, Strange Academy in a Miles Morales book. So I thought it was a cool pick. You can get this book cheap, fifteen twenty bucks on eBay. Um, people do call it out as preview, and I I think at some point uh, we'll see get more interest on this book. So now's a good time to pick it up. Uh, these underrated Miles books, um, the whole Miles Morales, um, Spider-Man Miles Morales series, I think is is an undervalued series. There's a lot of first appearances in there, and uh, I think if you see them, pick them up because they're probably still inexpensive, uh, but at some point they won't be. There are a few of uh, books from March 2020 that feature that Strange Academy preview. Thor number two. Ravencroft miniseries issue one, Avengers 30, Doctor Strange number two from 2020, uh, and even Ant-Man number one from 
2020. Yeah. They all have that Strange Academy preview, but as you say, this is the one where if this Miles Strange Academy series comes out, this is the first, uh, I don't know, cross-pollination of two properties? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but uh, I like I like <laughs> that Venn diagram of Martin, you know, Miles and Strange Academy coming together. We don't know what it is, but go buy it if you see it. Uh, <laughs> words to live by. Richard, another week, another show. Remind everybody where they can find us on the social medias. On Instagram and Facebook, they can find us at Bronze and Modern Gods. Uh, on the web, we can be found at bronzeandmoderngods.com. And if you like to email us, bronzeandmoderngods at gmail.com is monitored by our resolute team of of interns which is really challenging. <laughs> it's me <laughs> and as you can see from this week's show we really um, appreciate and enjoy hearing from you and um we will give your email the attention it deserves hey i can't add anything to that except for we'll see you next week everybody stay safe